you're listening to Everything Starts Small, a podcast that explores the lives of impact-driven leaders who had an idea and decided to bring it to life. We all have to start somewhere, and through their stories of beginning, we hope to ease our fear of starting with the simple notion that everything starts small. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Everything Starts Small, where I'm sitting with the one person, and I kid you not, the one person who I've told that his energy and charisma was bigger than mine. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you that when I heard this, I had to go and find out for myself. I'm like, no way, no way, because that's one of the biggest compliments I've gotten in my life. And to hear that there was somebody that matched that and not only, not only matched that, but exceeded that, I got on the next flight to San Francisco to meet this guy. And I'll tell you what, it was true. Um, not only was, did he have the bigger bigger charisma and energy, he had a bigger smile than me, y'all. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if you know anything about me, my smile is something that everybody says um, is special. And I owe that to my, my, uh, my God, but also my sister, who's an incredible dentist. Shout out to Lucia, Dr. Johnson, thank you. Um, but that man is Vance Roche. Uh, Vance is a father of three, a husband, and he's the founder and CEO of Overflow. So today we will find out how he went from starting an international community of faith to founding a startup in Silicon Valley. Vance, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, John, man, what a pleasure. What an intro, man. That's such a compliment because your smile is infectious and your energy <laughs> is magnetic. So to be considered in that in that space with you man i'm honored and it's an honor to be here i love i love this idea for this podcast that you're executing on yeah man well hey your smile is infectious and i'm telling you what man like there's not many people that when i talk to them they get me pumped up and get me energized i'm usually that one right in the room so i'm sure that's the same for you um but i appreciate you being here i appreciate you being a part of you know these these beginning episodes right because you know as we talked um this conversation was long overdue for us to actually go back to the beginning of our relationship even right um so a year ago about this time it is it is yep which is crazy, man. A year year goes by like that. And yeah. to think about this year, you know, than any other, right? It's even better. And I think more special to reflect back because, you know, we were we were naive. Uh, we were <laughs> we were we were filled with childlike wonder, which I think we still are, even through all of this, which is why I'm so pumped to have I, this conversation. I feel like that right there, John, is a superpower yeah. that'll allow you to start. I think if you knew too much, you wouldn't start. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's a healthy level of naivety, I think, that God will give you sometimes that will oh. get the courage to, to, to start something. So we can dig into that. Oh, man. That's, you already jump into the end of the podcast, Vance. Come on, man. You giving a little teaser? You giving a little teaser? Nah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, childlike wonder is one of those things. It's a pillar of how I like to operate, especially how I like to run my business, lead my team, lead people that I'm that I'm potentially mentoring and guiding. It's like, hey, we need to be like children. We need to be, you know, seeing things with new eyes, yeah. right? Just like a child does. And, and that's been the, the premise of everything that I do. So, you know, it's no wonder that Josh, you know, 
put us together. So Josh was that guy that said we had, you had that energy and that charisma. And um, there was no wonder that, that he saw that not only energy in you, he saw that energy in me, right? Which, which brought this relationship together. You know what I mean? So I want to I wanna start with just, you know, how is, especially with everything we just said, with this year that's gone by, that's impacted many people's lives, the whole world, obviously. How's life for you right now? Hey, life is, is definitely a blessing right now. I know that people are going through it. Uh, we've gone through it as well, juggling now three kids. We had yeah. A child in a in the pandemic, right? Um, I don't know what they're going to be considered coronials. I hear, <laughs> being about, but literally in the midst of a pandemic, we had our third, our first son, Tatum, Ford Roush, and you know, adding a third child, it's definitely been a juggle. Adding it in a place where, you know, if you, if you tune into news and things like that, it's very easy to get trapped into a space of fear, right? And lose your optimism, lose that childlike wonder, right? And so just like anybody, we've been, we've been going through that. At the same time, we're feeling really blessed, man. Uh, we have a strong family, community, church uh, that I feel like is more necessary than ever, right? And so we're leaning into that and uh, we're feeling blessed through it all. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I want to say just congratulations on the baby boy again, because I know I know how pumped up you were. You had you had you were the only man in the house. With I was at numbers. I were... was at numbers, bro. Even my even my dog is a girl, so like, <laughs> uh, good to get some reinforcements for sure. And he's yeah. Baby. Well, I grew up in a house full of females, man, and I tell you what, that that makes the best men that I've that I've seen. So. Hey. Uh, uh, congratulations that. on that. Um, Tatum is going to be an incredible man. I already know it. Um, and not only not only did you have a new baby boy, but you also started your company, Overflow, in yeah. the pandemic. Um, you didn't start it there, but you know, obviously, you've been building it within yeah. this. You know, since everything hit back in not only late last year, but you know, early this year. So I know that we met when Overflow was just an idea. Yes. in your mind right that's actually what brought us together was a phone call when i was in seattle randomly just to get to know each other and the next thing you know i'm in san francisco um in in silicon valley talking to you about it right um i remember meeting up with you at the co-working spots yep. co-working place with with josh this cool co-working space my first time in that area um and you were on fire for this idea like on fire man and and when i say on fire i mean so on fire that i like i decided to fly back a few weeks later to like yo let's go and we were in your house in your living room going through the identity architecture workshop so i want to i want to like man that that was just an incredible journey for us to how quickly our relationship developed and it was all built on just not even knowing each other but built on that energy that connection that we we talked about earlier right yeah. it was like let's go so here we are now right here we are we're we're a year in so i want you to i, I really want to um one of the moments that i remember vividly from that experience of me you know coming to talk with you about overflow and then coming to your house and working through what overflow actually was actually helping to come up with the name for overflow yeah. right um the one of the moments though that stood out to me was we were in your backyard 
And we were sitting there talking. It was like a lunch break we were taking. And you were telling me about your story, right? Your, your life story, like what got you here, you know, to that moment. And that's what this is all about, as you know. Like, I want to know, like, what got you here? Like, that passion that I saw in that co-working space when we were talking about overflow, before it was even overflow, to now, right, launched, raised your first round of capital, built your team, right, got a new baby boy. Like, tell me about, like, what got you here, you know, to this moment? What are those life experiences that led up to here? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, John. Um, you know, I, even though I think the specific idea of what Overflow is built on today maybe came last summer, Obviously, it's been in the making uh, really my whole life, but specifically, I think in the last decade, what, what God has been doing in my life and, and the life experiences that my wife and I have had the privilege to go through. I think a cornerstone of that has been our faith journey. That, that's been a, a really big part of what Overflow is founded on. And I can explain a little bit more about that. I think a couple key things happened in the past decade that's really shaped my worldview and what I feel like God put me on the planet to continue to help uh, inspire others around. And a lot of it is interconnected through this concept of generosity, really. Uh, all the way from when I was in college, right? Uh, even just understanding that I got access to college I was able to get access to experiences like study abroad because yeah. of programs that gave me scholarships and things like that. Even just that concept, right, in seed form, I was uh, just understanding the power of generosity, somebody being philanthropic and saying, hey, I've been, giving, I've been given so much, right? Uh, let me invest into somebody else. Let me invest into something beyond just, you know, my own, my own needs and my own wants. And so even that concept was already starting to take shape in my life. Fast forward to graduating college and, you know, getting married with, with Kim right after college, we moved from Seattle to the Silicon Valley. I started my career off at Google. Kim started teaching in San Jose. And as a newlywed, you want to establish values, right? There's a lot of things that my wife and I definitely disagreed upon. Uh, and I think that's good. That's healthy, right? Great yeah. relationships. You hear the adage, opposites attract. We definitely are very opposite in a lot of things. One common thing that we shared, though, was our belief around this generous lifestyle we wanted to live, right? And it was just in everything. Every time that we went to a restaurant, we wanted to be front-footed and hopefully being able to cover the bill for them, right? Um, in, in just the way that we thought about people, that we gave gifts. We definitely want to provide more value to others than, than we took. It was just a dynamic that we wanted in our life. And mm. I think, you know, um, fast forward to us meeting a couple to start the church we're now a part of called Vive, uh, uh, a passage in the Bible that solidified this feeling that we felt like we had and this lifestyle that we aspired to live we found in Proverbs 11:24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And it just put articulation to the thing that we were already feeling and that we wanted to, to live out. 
right? That this yeah. idea that if you live an open-handed life, if you live a generous life, you will live an enlarged life. Not because that will come back to you in a monetary way necessarily, but because when you think about others and when your purpose for earning money, when your purpose for getting resources and provision is not just about you, but is about a greater purpose, all of a sudden you connect yourself to something beyond yourself, your life gets larger, mm -hmm. right? And it's something that through the church community, through the friendships that we've developed in the past decade, I've seen to not only be true in my life and in my family's life, but in so many lives that have subscribed to this paradigm, right? Yeah. That if you are open-handed, if you, if you take that kind of closed, that, that proclivity for us to be insular and closed and, okay, I got to get mine first. If you actually flip that on its head and, and you open your hand, then, then I've seen it. I've seen people's lives been enlarged in, in, in blessing, right? Like actual, you know, blessing in their life, but, but just that atmosphere that they mm. around their life that, wow, like it's attractive, it's contagious, it's infectious. Like we were talking a little bit earlier, like a yeah. smile. Right. And so, and so that's really been the foundation that, that I felt like God has been working in me in the past decade. That's, that's really allowed for us to, to put it into a company, right? Yeah. When, when do you think that that foundation was established? So you, you, you just told us the, the passage, you know, that, that's a beautiful thing to hear words and they guide you for your whole life, right? When, when was that moment that you, you think maybe, maybe you heard that passage before in your life, but when was the moment that you heard it? And you it like it vibrated in your soul to the point that it was like, I'm living this out. Not only am I going to live this out, but this is going to be a cornerstone of my marriage. Right. And then also obviously translating into the work that you're doing. Yeah. It just seemed like a principle that whether you believe in what I believe or not, it seemed like a principle that was written in the fabric of who we are that was written in the universe to be true, right? So you don't have to, you don't have to believe in what I believe to believe in principles like sowing and reaping, right? Yeah. You can ask an investment banker. Sowing and reaping is, is a principle that's true, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And so I think what solidified it for me was the truth of it, right? And when you actually start exercising it, you know, you start seeing the fruit of it. So it happened really, really early on. As it kind of inspired me to put it into a company, uh, the catalytic event for that was identifying a problem, right? I would say that the cornerstone of wanting to put an idea into a product and eventually a company has to start from a core problem that you're solving. Right. And I think that's got to be one of the main motivations of why you start something. You have a vision of the future, but also you have an initial problem that you are solving. If you yeah. are starting something for reasons outside of that, right, if you're starting something for accolades, if you're starting something for, you know, notoriety, that's going to fizzle out. But if you have a core conviction around a problem that you're solving, and that's what I saw, I saw that, okay, if I look at this space called fintech, you see that every single app that's coming out in fintech in the personal finance arena of fintech 
is all about how can you categorize your expenses better? Mm-hmm. You see a new app every month because it's not solving the core problem, right? People categorizing their expenses better is not providing more freedom in their finances. It's providing more anxiety. They're playing defense instead of offense, right? I fundamentally believe I have a different perspective on personal finance, that if you can actually get into a place of not how much I can save for myself, but how much I can give to others, all of a sudden you break the bondage of, you know, you know finance and that, that, um, that, that ruling master that it is over your life. And so that problem that I saw uh, that I wanted to solve was a really catalytic event to turn this passage that we built our life on into a company that we can hope, you know, inspire others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so you, you've already started to hint around this work of overflow, right? Um, I want to just go ahead and ask you blatantly, like, tell us for those that don't know yeah. what overflow is, go ahead and go ahead and tell our listeners what overflow is um, being the leader of this organization. Yeah, yeah. So our mission is big. It's to inspire the world to give. And our vision to be able to achieve that mission is to build the infrastructure to make generosity frictionless across every major asset class. What does that mean? Today, we've built a platform to encourage people to donate stock, and you can do it through our platform frictionlessly, to the nonprofits that you care about, the high-impact nonprofits that you love. And so we're starting with publicly traded stock donations, but we're not stopping there. We're gonna unlock the ability to be able to give private stock donations, cryptocurrency, right? Even cash and credit card, right? Without any additional fees. We're taking the friction out of every single major asset class and we're gonna inspire the world to give. We want every single human, we're not gonna stop until every single human being on the planet experiences the life of the generous, whether they're on the giving side or the receiving side. Right. And when we worked with a small studio, a lot of that cornerstone, a lot of that language was developed, but also um, the intentionality of even our logo, our identity was developed, you know, under that notion. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, back. So your you overflow now is 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 become this this organization, you know, nationally, if not internationally now recognize you've raised the round of funding already. You're in the process of raising your seed round now, yep. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so I remember that first conversation you were talking about the lions and the sheep. Right. Yeah. You were talking about the givers and and those that need to be, um, you know, given to. So the nonprofits. Right. But also those people that have the funds to give. Um, you were breaking down the the millennial circumstance of, of millennials not having a lot of liquid cash. Right. But they have actually a lot of options. Right. And, and stock that's tied up in these organizations. So they're like. I can't give, I can't give as much as I want to give because, yeah, my, all, most of my, my income is in stock right now, especially everything that's happening in the tech boom of our time now more than ever, right? As these stocks are skyrocketing um, more than you can even comprehend. So I, I remember that moment that you, 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 perceive that for me because you know i like to say that i'm passionate about the millennial generation i'm a millennial right 32 you're a millennial and what I, I never thought about that but i also am one of those people my wife has stock right in amazon we don't have that money right now 
right? Um, it's, it's in there and we take it out, we get taxed on it, you know, whatever it is, why not go ahead and create an avenue to transfer that over? And you blew my mind when you brought that idea up to me, when you shared that with me in that co-working space, I'm like, like, let's go, man, let's go. And the way you articulated it was, was so beautiful. Like you, you understood every aspect of it already, right? And all you needed to do was figure out how to translate that out into the marketplace and out into the world. Right. And I was like, let's go. Like, that's what we do. We'll help, you know. Um, but I, I, I just want to commend you for all that you've done. Now, I, I want to go back, though. I want to go back to the beginning because you talk about the benefits of generosity, the benefits of giving. Right. And, and freeing people, um, being on the offense rather than the defense. Right. I want to go back to the beginning. Right. Like, when was that moment that you realized the benefits of giving, like when you gave something maybe beyond that you're even like, you couldn't even think about giving this much or, or you, um, I want to say just release something that you were holding on to and you saw the freeing power of that as you, yeah. as you explain about overflow. Love that question. I think one, one, uh, situation that comes to mind, I think multiple times, uh, we've felt the urging of just emptying our bank account. And we, we've done that yeah. uh, in our marriage. A, a, a relatively recent event that happened that's really kind of shaped and deepened our conviction around, you know, this, this proverb of the world of the generous getting larger and larger was a couple of, we call it vision gala. Uh, it's, it's an annual event that we do in our church community. Uh, we bring together all of our kind of givers and we share with them and celebrate with them everything that's happened in our church in the past year. We give an annual report of all the amazing work we've done as a community to reach people. But then we also project towards the future. And our lead pastor gets up and inspires the church around everything that's to come. This is everything that happened, but this is what we can look forward to and we can rally around. Yeah. And in that specific gala leading up to it, something that Kim and I do every single year is we just pray into, okay, what, what do we feel like God is leading us to give? And what was interesting is that we came up separately with the same number when we came together. It was the largest number we had ever written down before. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a number that was a little bit ridiculous because we didn't have that amount currently in the bank account, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we didn't want to go into the gala with a fake number, right? We wanted to go into the gala with a realistic number that we can actually fulfill on. And so as we were thinking about how we were going to do that for this year, we just got the sense that, you know, at the time we were in, uh, our home, it was our first home we had ever bought. And as we were saying the words, how are we going to even do this? I felt a drop in my spirit about what do you have? And I said, the only thing that I have is this house. <laughs> and then it was like also the answer to the original question of how we're going to do this, right? Sell the house. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. I was like, I, you know, I thought that was the devil. I was like, I rebuked that. <laughs> We sold all of our Google stock to get into this house. Now, now I need to sell it so that I, I could give. And, and then as that idea started to settle in my spirit, I knew it was the right thing to do. So we started the process of 
putting it on the market and long story short, um, what was crazy is that we sold the house for probably a larger amount than <laughs> we, we probably should have. Right. Um, it was definitely a situation where, where we had a lot of blessing in that situation, but at the same time, we thought that we were going to have to move into maybe a smaller space. We're going to have to start renting again and go into a smaller space. But what was crazy is that because of that journey of selling the house so that we could give and fulfill on this pledge that, that we were making to, to this vision gala, we started looking for other places and five minutes down the road, there was another house being sold for the same amount that we were selling our house for pretty much. And so we had made a bid on that. We weren't the highest bid. We weren't the most attractive bid. We had like a ton of contingencies. Yeah. Uh, this house was bigger. It had a yard. Our, our previous house didn't have a yard and we were a growing family, had a dog, all of that. And we ended up getting chosen to, to get this house, right? Um, we got that house we were able to give towards the vision and it it made me think if we didn't stretch to even think about what we can give we would have never thought about what else was possible mm -hmm. um, again that's not how it works all the time you don't always kind of level up into maybe uh, something that has monetary value but that concept has held true in our lives where if you stretch beyond what you think your limitation or your capacity is, and you open up your hand to be part of something beyond yourself, it'll blow your mind how much that just opens up your world to more possibilities, right? Whether it's a situation where you're moving into um, a new place like we did, uh, but even metaphorically, that push to move beyond the status quo is what I feel like was solidified in that moment. Like, man, you really, you really, I've never met a super generous person that's told me I've regretted that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. if, that's, if that's true, then why would I not try to inspire everybody to live that way? Yeah. Mm. I've never met a generous person who said, I regretted that. Like, and you, that, that's, that's so beautiful, man, because I wanted to go back to that because everybody could say, oh, you should give more or you should donate more or you should, I mean, how many giving apps are there out there, Vance, to be real, right? You talk about FinTech, there's as many giving apps out there, I think, as there are, you know, manage your finances app, yeah. right? And I've, I've come across a lot of them, but to have a founder so passionate about it and living into it in their own life that story right there i remember i remember hearing that story yeah and you've you put all your stock into your house and then you're like uh yeah sell the house man like you had to do a lot of work to be faithful and obedient in that way to get to even go through with it to then now end up in the house that you're in which i remember that was your would you call that house you it, said was a, was, it was our stupid prayer. Stupid prayer. That's <laughs> it right there, man. I don't it, wanna... it, had a, it had a yard because secretly before that, um, this is just a little nugget, a little, little bonus nugget. Secretly before that, six months earlier, and you can ask my pastor, I was talking to him about it. Um, I had a 
secret stupid prayer of wanting a house with a backyard. And if you know the Bay Area, to just have a backyard is like a huge yeah. one. It's hard to, to get a house with a backyard, especially now in the Bay because it's so expensive. Um, but I specifically was praying for a backyard big enough so that I could put a basketball court in it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and you saw it, John. Like it literally had like, a big shape of a basketball court, uh, which was hilarious to me that God has such a sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, that, but that's the, once again, that, that's, that's that thing of making those, connecting those dots yeah. and continuing on that journey. And I think as we talk about this type of work of starting, yeah. Right? Sometimes it's hard to start because you're like, you forget how much work you've done to even get there yeah. to that point of even realizing that you're going to start. But the fact is you've already started yeah. a long time ago, right? From even when you were in college and studying abroad and then yada, yada, yada. I always say that our experiences are what makes us unique, yes. right? It's not, it's not the way we look. It's not the color of our eyes or our retinas or our fingerprints. It's our experiences that lead up to that. And your story right there is so powerful, man. I'm thank, I thank you for sharing that because you now answered one of those, you said stupid prayer. That's a stupid dream, a stupid goal, you know, outreaching so abundant so large that you can't even think about how you're going to make it happen right you could have easily been like oh, I, I live in a barrier i i never i'm never gonna have a basketball court in my backyard <laughs> right but it started with this 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 conscious effort of giving and that's that's what this whole premise is about and i i think that that is so beautiful man and it goes back to you know this idea of of how you started to determine the identity for this work because one of the things i've also found that a lot of people struggle with is just sharing their 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 passion or their calling sharing this concept that you shared with us right you shared it with josh josh was like man you got to do that shared it with me next you shared it with me and we came in and we started talking about it next thing you know we're in your living room breaking this thing down Right. So tell me, I want to go back to that moment because you started by starting to share, not only you started by being faithful with your, with your giving, right? Just like eating your own dog food, right? Living and walking the talk. But then you started to share this, this vision with people. And as yeah. an impact driven leader, starting a socially impactful startup, you started sharing that vision, that far reaching vision that I think was, was ridiculous to a lot of people, was it not? Oh yeah, man! Still is today, right? It still, <laughs> still is today. That's, that's real. Talk to you know things you know, paths, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 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 I want to I want you to share with the audience a little bit about this this ability for you to now start to not only share the vision but start to bring the vision to life because that that vision gala was was sparked sparked us collaborating to get you ready to launch at the vision gala which was also a big part of, of how this thing came to fruition and part of yeah. your story, your experiences. So tell me, tell me um, or share with us how that, that walk of translating who you are, translating your experiences and translating this vision of overflow, like how did that, that identity work that we did in your living room, how did that start to empower and inspire you as you went and actually launched at the Vision Gala and then raised a round of funding and built your team and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think, you know, I, lo I love the name of your podcast, Everything Starts Small, because 
everything starts in a seed. Everything, when it mm -hmm. starts in that seed, if you do it right, it will carry you like a really long way. And that work that we did in my living room literally last summer of taking all the ideas that were in my head in seed form, right? God gives gifts in seed form. So it's mm -hmm. our job to water it, to develop it, to grow it. And I felt like we did the necessary work to toil the ground, to water that seed, to bring out an articulation that will carry us to what overflow is today. It's so important, right? Because culture is everything. Vision is important, but culture is the vehicle that gets you to your vision. And so what we really established was more than a mission statement, a vision statement, um, a name for the company, which, which was overflow. I was going to name it like Lion App or something. <laughs> uh, but through the, the identity workshop that, that we did with you, John, we, we came up with overflow. More than that, what was behind all of that, right, was, was culture and was creating depth to the concepts that, that I felt like was, was on my heart. And so I think that's so important. I think that culture is established, my pastor says in two things, language and little things, mm. right? So we established this culture. In that room, we established language. We established language, common language that can resonate with people in the masses, right? And yeah. so through a brainstorming session, riffing off of Proverbs eleven twenty four, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, we just started doing mind mapping and started um, getting triggered with words like extravagant and fragrance mm. and overflow, <laughs> right? Yeah. Overflow, then you highlighted, I remember, and we were all like, that's it. We started looking up domains and like, we were yeah. just like, <laughs> I'm like, John, is this how it's supposed to work? Like, it's just like, like <laughs> it just popped. I was like, whoa, was this the, was this the naming exercise? Like, <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. And so, uh, you know, that was established. And then at the end of the, the workshop, I remember you took all of the mind mapping sessions that we did. You took all of the conversations and discussions. Really, the beauty of what you did was you asked really good questions. You didn't impose something on me. You were pulling stuff out of me. Mm -hmm. I think is a, is a great, what a great architect does like, like you. And so something that you, all those things that you pulled out, the way that you brought it together at the end into one line, into one sentence that has been, you know, a guiding principle for us till today. And that's, has led to the vision statement of building the infrastructure to make generosity frictionless across all major asset classes mm. uh, allows you to get the confidence, right? Because you know your identity now. So it leads to the confidence that you need to share your idea with conviction to others. And that is the difference between being able to rally investors, rally early team, yeah. Right, rally early customers is that a lot of the people that are going to come in the early days is really because of your confidence and your ability to translate your conviction right and that's what that's what a small studio helped us do so we're forever grateful for, for that set. Sure. Mm. 
you said to be able to tell your idea and share your idea with conviction, with confidence, right, with passion, with purpose, all of those things, and to be able to water that seed and get that speed to a sprouting form where you can actually now see it, maybe even touch it, yeah. right, and show it to other people, and it's not just up there in your head. Yes. That's beautiful, man. That's that's incredible. Thank you for articulating it in that way. Yeah, uh, it's really cool to hear that come out of your mouth. You know, especially doing something in your living room, bro. Like we, we had the whiteboard, like a little sheet of paper. We had the, we had the computer on a chair over there. And you brought the TV up, right? <laughs> your family came home in the middle. We're chatting, and it was, it was incredible, bro. I remember. I think I was, I was writing on the floor, um, in your living room, and it was, it felt like a just such a, um, a casual but also organic, you know, um, development. So, you yeah. know. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for just sharing that journey with us. Um, Because I think that you said that perfectly. When you have a seed in your mind, when you have a seed in your heart, the only thing that you're responsible for for is watering it. You have no idea what that seed's going to turn into. Right. Or how quickly it's going to grow. Just water it. Right? That's it. That's it. That's it. That's good. So... So tell me, I want to, I think that may be a perfect segue into how we're going to end up and wrap up this episode, but you know, you, I want you to share one thing um, with the audience that for those that may be afraid of starting, right. That may be afraid of just, you know, doing the work that they need to do to get started on something that's in their heart or something that's in their mind. What, what one piece of advice would you give them? The piece of the advice and this is something I've recently started working through is embracing necessary suffering. Right. Mm. Um, I think what will discourage you uh, to the point of maybe knocking you out or staying stuck or even stopping altogether is when you face opposition, trial, resistance, yeah. I think when you understand that nothing grows without resistance, as a bodybuilder, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. No muscle grows without resistance. When you understand that nothing grows without resistance, then all of a sudden you can now be empowered to embrace that resistance, right? Uh, overflow hasn't been without its trials and struggles and we're continuing to overcome obstacles. But when you have the perspective that rejection is just insight, right? Failure is just learning, right? Opposition means that you're onto something, right? All of a sudden that discouragement actually can turn into encouragement in the very field that you need to keep Mm. going, right? And so like you said, if you're even thinking about starting something, you have a seed. So water it, right? But understand that what's going to come, like if, if you talk to anybody that's done anything, of of great significance they will tell you that it wasn't easy they will tell you that it immediately came with opposition just know that doesn't mean you're on the wrong track that means you're exactly in the Mm -hmm. right track Mm -hmm. you know just to encourage anybody that's listening to this that would be kind of one piece of advice i could give just one uh to lean into lean into the pain lean into the necessary suffering on the other side of that sacrifice that you put down daily is an incredible reward, right? And then you start realizing the reward is not even just the destination of where you're going. The reward is just that process that you developed to continue to yeah. overcome. 
<laughs> and when you yeah. get addicted to that, man, nothing can stop you. Mm. That's good, man. That's great. That's perfect. Um, I heard a quote the other day uh, that said, actually, the destination is always the journey. Like, it's not even about the journey. Love it's that. not about the destination, right? But the, the, the destination is always the journey or, or the finish line is always the journey. Like who cares about where it's going to go? Just just appreciate the journey and, and you turn discouragement into encouragement. Um, I think that's beautiful, man. Thank you, Vance, for those those wise words, man. And thank you for being here with me. Thank you for having this conversation. And, and just, uh, I want to say being so open and vulnerable and transparent with us as we learn more about your story of beginning. And I know that, man, I'm just honored and um, I just, I feel so honored to have been a part of that seed with you, right? And been a part of that watering process. And I'm just so honored that I continue to have these opportunities to help seeds like you and uh, like overflow sprout. Um, so continue to do that for other people as I know you are. And, um, and I just, I just look forward to everything that's to come. If, if anybody um, wants to get a hold of you or wants to learn more about overflow, where should they go? Yeah, follow us uh, on all the social media channels. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at Vance Roush. Uh, our company handle is Get Overflow Co. on Instagram and Twitter as well. And uh, just hit me up, uh, Vance at Overflow.co. If you have any questions about what we're doing, if you want to be a part in any way, we would love to grow our Overflow family. Yeah, when's your when's your guys' next um what is it, give a share happy hour or what's yeah, what's it yeah, called? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have one later this month. We're locking in the date with one of our partners that we're gonna release in a bit. But yeah, these okay. give a share happy hours have been incredible. It's people that are pre-committing to give one share to one of our spotlight partners for the month. And we've mm -hmm. raised thousands and thousands of dollars in stock donations yeah. uh through these events on Zoom, man. We're raising money during during a pandemic yeah. for incredible and so yeah if you follow us on social media you'll get uh, the info about that that's so good that's so good love that um one of those significant happy hours i appreciate it so vance thank you man again for being here and everyone thank you for tuning in with us and listening listening to this story of beginning i just want to give you all just that encouragement and make sure that you remember that everything starts small i'll see you next time